Welcome to the Weekly Words of Worship podcast. My name is Daniel Innocent. I'm a youth pastor with the Ontario Seventh-day Adventist Conference. And currently, I'm enrolled in Andrews University where I'm getting my master's degree in divinity. I invite you to join me in reading, studying, and meditating on God's word. This study is not prepared beforehand, which allows you to be a participant in the studying process. This will teach you how to study the Bible for yourself, which is the greatest gift that I can give you. Once we begin a book, we read it to the very end. No skipping verses, no reading out of context. Now, sit back in a prayerful state and let's enjoy the day's reading together. Heavenly Father, we thank you again, Lord, for bringing us uh, together for yet another study um, to go deeper into your word. Lord, again, we ask your forgiveness for the sins that we've committed, and we ask, Lord, that you would bless this time that we spend in your word, that you would help us to grow in our understanding, and that um, we'd be able to apply the things that we learn, because without that, what's the point in learning it? So again, Lord, we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Um, Let us continue where we left off. So um, as we've been looking at this story of John, uh, or matter of fact, the gospel of John, Um, It's been interesting so far to to think of how much can be learned in so few amounts of verses. And even if, you know, I'm not pausing all the time to, uh, you know, ask uh, probing questions, uh, I want you to know that you can do this on your own time too, right? But what it requires is it, is it requires, instead of you listening to someone like me, it requires for you to, you know, read a small portion to stop and then to meditate on that portion and to really, 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 really think about whatever it was that you just read and, and uh, you know, get that full sense that you really understand it. So... That being said, I think that um, at this point, it's appropriate to start back at verse one and read back to where we are today. And in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him and without him, nothing was made that was made. In him was life and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. This man came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. We touched on that um, yesterday. That was the true light, which gives light to every man coming into the world. All right, so this was kind of touched upon yesterday, but notice that the Bible gives 
Jesus a new title, right? And the reason why I'm saying Jesus is because uh, the word and the light that the Bible is referring to is talking in reference to the same person, right? Who is Jesus. Later, um, a few verses down, we'll read that the word became flesh. That's how we know that it is uh, speaking about Jesus. Uh, but here, the Bible calls Jesus the true light. You know, words are very important. And especially these, uh, you know, these adjectives, these descriptive words, these words that are used to, um, you know, uh, you know, make make whatever the subject is more clear, right? Because Jesus is not just the light, he is called the true light. That tells us something about lights, right? And we spoke about this yesterday. We spoke about the artificial lights, right? If there is a true light, that means that there must be lights that are not true lights. We spoke about what those things can be, things that you go to for hope, things that you go to for solace, things that you go to to feel better, things that you go to to rescue you from the darkness. But the weird thing about the darkness is the darkness makes you want to almost find comfort in the darkness. Like, have you ever been so upset, like so mad that you don't want anybody to make you happy? <laughs> like I've been upset before, you know, maybe I'm the only one, but you know, when you get upset and you might be getting a phone call from a friend that you know is going to like crack jokes and put you in a good mood and you don't even want to answer the phone call because you don't want to crack jokes. You don't want to be in a good mood, right? And there's something about the darkness that it's like, it's almost like we want to stay in it. I remember there was once I was, um, you know, really, really, really sad about something. And I, I, I felt like I didn't want to sleep on my bed. I wanted to sleep on something hard. I wanted to just sleep on the floor, on the cold floor. I wanted to sleep on the floor in the bathroom with the lights off and the cold. And it's like, why? Why? Right? And we take that further. Some people will even go as far as hurting themselves. Hurting themselves physically. Hurting themselves spiritually. Yes, sleeping around is hurting yourself spiritually. Right? Hurting themselves emotionally. Right? Others will go to hurting others. There's all kinds of things that we can go to when we're experiencing that darkness feeling. But that's why we have Jesus who is the true light. He is the true thing that we ought to go to, the true person that we ought to go to, the one who is truly going to take us out of the darkness and not just exchange one darkness for, for another deeper and darker darkness. We understand? So the Bible says that was the true light which gives light to every man coming into the world. 
and I, I want to pause here because it's very important that we meditate on this. The Bible describes Jesus as being the true light, which gives light to every man coming into the world, which gives light to every man. This is being stated like a fact. This is not a question. This is a statement. And the statement is that this, the true light, Jesus gives light, gives light. What could that light be? We spoke about it. Hope gives light, gives direction. Right? Even enlightenment. Right? Realizations, epiphanies. Right? Gives light. The Bible says that he is the true light that gives light to every man. Now we can put human there because we know that a man, especially during that time, um, was a word that was able to, uh, uh, you were able to say it in a way that would represent for both men and women, right? But the Bible says that he gives light to everyone that comes into the world. And so the question is, does Jesus give light to everyone? That's the question. What do you think? I want you to actually think about that. Think about that. Does Jesus give light to everyone? It's an interesting question. If you want to spend more time thinking about it, I invite you to, to, pause, the, uh, to pause the podcast. But for the sake of those who are wanting to hear the answer, we're going to continue. Um, if you're waiting for me to give you an answer for you to believe it, yes or not, um, there's a problem. And the problem is that that means that you're too easily influenced by your teachers, right? And the reason why I say that is because what the Bible says is very clear. The Bible says it like a fact that he is the true light that gives light to every man that comes into the world, which means that um, what I'm trying to say is you don't need me to say that that's true. The fact that the Bible says it makes it true. Okay, and if I said opposite, then that just tells you that maybe you shouldn't be listening to me, right? Or at least I, I'm wrong on this, on that point, right? But we wanna make sure that the Bible speaks for itself and the Bible speaks clearly for itself. 
So we know that it's true, but how do we see it true? If it's true, how do we practically see it as, as being true in, 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 in day-to-day life? Do we see the light of Christ in every person that comes into the world? You know, there's a, a, a interesting text that kind of uh, parallels this one. It's uh, found in Romans. And I hope I don't struggle to find this text. I'm not using my, my go-to Bible. I'm using my pretty Bible. Um, so I might not find it as quickly as I want to find it. Uh, Romans 1. Okay. Ah. Says Romans 1 verse 20. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Okay? Because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were dark, were darkened. So let's let's um let's read that again. Okay. Uh, matter of fact, we'll read a little bit further back just so that it, it, it's going to be easier to understand. Uh, we'll start at verse 18. It says, uh, now mind you, this is Romans chapter one. Okay, Romans chapter one, verse 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth and unrighteousness because what may be known of God is manifest in them for God has shown it to them. Okay, maybe this is where we should have started in the first place. It says, because what may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it to them. The light of Christ has been manifest to everyone. There are qualities of himself that he puts in everyone. There are things that he allows us to see, even just in nature, that testify of who he is. The Bible says that the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth and unrighteousness. The truth is there, but they're suppressing it. They don't want to believe it. They don't want to accept it. They don't want to think that, you know what, there actually is a God. Because what may be known of God is manifest in them. For God has shown it to them, which is saying, which is saying this, everyone has what is necessary to believe. Interesting. Interesting. The Bible says, for since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen. How are they seen? We see the work ethic of the ants, right? We see they don't need to have a slave master. They don't need to have a boss uh, 
that gives them, you know, um, you know, their nine to five and their overtime pay. And, you know, they don't need to have a supervisor on each block. They get up and they work. It's seen, you know, the, 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 there's a text, I love it, that where God says that as a mother hen gathers its, its, its chicks under its wings, so I will gather my children. Like, like we're like those baby chickens, those, uh, what, do, what do you call them? The chicklets. Mercy. Hopefully they're actually called chicklets. <laughs> but God, but what God is saying is, he made the mother hen like that because he wanted to show an attribute of his own characteristic. These beautiful things that we see in nature just show us different components and aspects of God. And in our heart, we know this to be true. So yes, his light, is given to all men who come into the world. There is a measure of light that is given to everyone. It's incredible to me to think that you can take two people, put them in the exact same situation, right? Let's say it's a, you know, you take two people who grew up in a war-torn country being rationed food and rationed bubble gum and rationed everything. Having next to nothing. And one of those people can become the most successful person in the world. The next person could become homeless. Right? One person could become uh, depressed, the other person could become a motivational speaker, right? One person could become a hero and the other person could become a villain. But if there was a potential to grow for the good, if there was a potential to turn for the good. If there was a, a potential that through the bad things that happen, that you could actually become a better person because of it, then isn't that because of Christ? Doesn't the fact that that hope, that that option always exists, and I want to tell you it always exists, you're never in a situation where there's not a positive, a more positive um, outcome. Right? God says that he works all things together for the good of those who believe in him, who are called according to his purpose, which means that everything that happens to you, that he can work it out for your good. But we have to believe that, brethren. We have to actually believe that. Because if we lose hope and we just feel like these things happen to us for no reason and woe is me and God must not like me and you know what, forget about this. What's the point? 
That's what it leads to. It leads to this attitude of, you know what? It doesn't matter if I'm a good person, if I'm a bad person, if I, it doesn't matter. It does matter. God is calling you to change for the better, not for the worse. He's giving you the light for a reason so that you can see that the darkness doesn't need to remain darkness. As a matter of fact, not only has he given you the light, the Bible says that he shines in the darkness. So why give up? If God can take the same situation, the same horrible situation, and other people change their lives dramatically for the better, then why not you? Why not you? Why not? God is on your side. It's possible. It is possible. <laughs> Hallelujah. But you have to believe. You have to believe that what he promised, he is also able to perform. Don't let the devil convince you that these things are just imaginations. Let God convince you that these things are prophecy. Let God convince you that because he said it, it is so. So the Bible says that he is the true light, which gives light to every man coming into the world. He was in the world. There's a clue. Now I've already given up the secret. But John is trying to build us up to the revelation of who this individual is that he's speaking about. Who is the word? Who is this individual that inside of him is life and the life was the light of man? And as a matter of fact, he is the true light. And in case they were still wondering who could this individual be, he says he was in the world. It's almost like a, he's, it's almost like he's giving them a riddle. He says he was in the world and the world was made through him. You see, John wants us to understand before the story even started, the context of what must be going through Jesus's mind and what must be going through God's mind as everything is unfolding. The context is that Jesus did not only come into existence as a human being, but Jesus existed before he was, he became flesh. And it's important to understand that when Jesus is existing in the world, he's existing in a world that he created. 
When Jesus is speaking to Peter, he is speaking to Peter who he created. When Jesus is speaking to Pilate, he's speaking to Pilate who he created. When Jesus is, are we, are we following? The Bible says that he was in the world and the world was made through him. And the world did not know him. Wow. Made through him, but the world did not know him. And we're going to see this word know a lot when we read the Bible. And knowing, I want you to understand that, you know, there are some words um, that the Bible uses that you can't fully appreciate or understand the weight of that word using just a dictionary. You have to understand the word based on the way the Bible uses the word. And knowing is one of those words, right? Because in order to know, uh, in order to know something, it doesn't take a lot, right? As soon as I tell you it, and you hear it, you know it. But that's not the kind of knowing that the Bible talks about. Usually, as a matter of fact, oftentimes, even when um, the Bible describes intercourse between a husband and wife, it will describe it as knowing. And Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived, right? Knowing. There's a deep intimacy. There's a deep, I know you, you know me, right? This isn't the same as, you know, the uh, your next door neighbor who you see once a month, right? This is more like your little brother, or your little sister, or your, your, your big sister, or your best friend. Someone who you know, someone who knows you, your grandma, someone who knows you, Someone who knows you. Like know, like we know each other. Like you know that, that look? Like imagine you have a bunch of people that come into a room, nobody, everybody's strangers, but then two people who know each other come into the room and Look at the way that they act when those two come into the room because they know each other, the way that they gravitate towards each other. We're talking about knowing, right? The world knows about Jesus. Remember, Jesus, when he was on earth, he was famous, right? People came from far and wide to see Jesus, to be healed by Jesus, to hear Jesus speak. The world has never known a greater speaker than Jesus. Jesus had people hanging off of every word that he was saying and people didn't even understand what he was saying. That's crazy. <laughs> like I couldn't get you guys to sit down and listen to me if you couldn't even understand what I was saying. 
But that's just how deep Jesus was. He was able to speak to the soul. People knew who Jesus was. The Pharisees knew who Jesus If the Pharisees didn't know about who Jesus was, they wouldn't have wanted to get him killed. It, but that's not the kind of surface level knowing that the Bible is talking about. Jesus doesn't want you to have a head knowledge, understanding of who he is. That's not the kind of knowing that he wants you to have of him. He wants you to know him. Like two people who live with each other, like two people who are married together, like two people who are best friends, like two people who are joined at the hip, like two people who know each other's secrets. Like two people who know each other, who know. He says, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have you not worked many wonders in your name? Have you not cast out demons in your name? And what will he say to them? Get away from me, you who practice lawlessness. I never knew you. This thing called Christianity, again, is not about head knowledge. It's about a relationship with Christ. We tune into the podcast not so that we can just study the Bible, but so that we can fuel our relationship with Christ. Because the relationship and knowing Christ is all that is actually important. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time that we were able to spend with one another in your word. Lord, I ask that we would know you. That you would know us. And my sheep who are called by my name do not answer to the voice of a stranger. You said that your sheep know your voice. We want to know you. We invite you into our hearts to have that life-changing relationship so that we too can say, I am a friend of God. Thank you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.